Everyone, thank you for joining us uh, once again. This is Blog Talk Radio. Uh, this is David Murray. It's Zeal for Your House. I'm do- joined with Dorothy Carruthers. Dorothy, how are you tonight? I'm doing well, David. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing well. We were talking a little bit before we got on the air that uh, one of your cats, Amber, is not doing well. And um, okay. so I'm going to ask for our listeners when you get some time to to lift Amber up in prayer, and that may sound silly to some, but but to those of you that, that are animal lovers and understand what a close part uh, an animal is, it's part of our family, and, um, you know, dealing with, with sick animals or sick members of the family is always difficult. So anyone has spare time, Dorothy, I'm sorry I didn't ask your permission, but I, and I apologize for that sincerely. Um, I hope that's okay. But I want to ask anyone out there to, to pray for Dorothy's cats. Um, they're, they're an important part of her and her husband's life, so... Um, I recognize that. So, 
So anyway, other than that, Dorothy, how are you? You're okay? I'm okay. okay. I did want to make a comment about the gifts that we were talking about. Oh, um, yes, please. Before the show started. You know, I think this is how I see it. The, the gifts are available to us all, and they are gifts. They're not anything that makes us better than anyone else. But I think we just need to get that through our thick little pea brains that the gifts are the gifts and they're to be not necessarily sought after just for themselves, but they're supposed to be used to minister to the body. Amen. Yeah. Um, That's great, Dorothy, and that is... um that is awesome, an awesome confirmation of what the Lord was just speaking me on to share um, as I was getting quiet, as I always prepare uh, during the week for the program, the teaching, the broadcast. And one of the things that I was going to address was exactly what you said. And you you um, are usually quiet and quietly supporting and praying in the background, Dorothy. So for you to say that is just a wonderful confirmation um, because that is exactly what I wanted to share on. So we're going to be getting into um, part three of the Gifts of the Spirit series, and this is the Gift of Prophecy. And we talked about word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and prophecy, and those three really tie in. All three of those manifestations of the Holy Spirit work really very closely together. Before we get into uh, the gift of prophecy, I want to share something that goes along with what Dorothy uh, just stated. Is for those of you that, that may be listening to me fairly recently, or for those of you that have been following in since the days, uh, you know, a year ago when Benjamin Baruch first invited me out as a guest and, and, and uh, Blog Talk Radio picked me up as a regular um, um, uh, teacher, um, sharer, you know, uh, I have spoken from day one about understanding for us to get into anything that has to do with the kingdom of God, it must be approached in spirit and in truth. The scriptures say we approach him in spirit and in truth. Worship is the most purest form of intimacy. It is exalting him, it is acknowledging him, it is expressing ourselves to him. It's communion. To the depth that we walk in the spirit, meaning who we are as spirit beings, not out of our soul, not out of our, our flesh. But we commune in spirit, and I've talked about that, I've shared about that, I've taught on that. Um, and in truth, we must come to him according to what his word says he is and who we are as his redeemed children. We have salvation. Salvation is a byproduct of receiving the righteousness of Christ. Without receiving righteousness, there is no salvation. We must understand that. The body of Christ has inverted those two. We say we have salvation, and now we try to grasp righteousness. And in many denominations or circles, we do not teach on righteousness. The body of Christ is called to, not even must, I use the word must a lot of times, is called to in this generation, in this hour, the herald that is going forth among those that are called to share what's on the heart of God in this season is for the body of Christ to embrace her identity. We were given through the shed blood of Jesus Christ righteousness, his righteousness. We are without spot or blemish. We are holy. We are accepted in the beloved. Um, some scriptures that I share all the time, 2 Corinthians 5.21, Colossians 1.21, Ephesians 1, 4. 
Um, Hebrews 10.10, we've been sanctified. Um, We were washed, we were sanctified, we were justified. 1 Corinthians 6.11. We must understand that because we were given his gift of righteousness, we are seen as lovely and pure and holy positionally before him. That's why we've been reconciled to him. That is why when we die, we are returning back to the throne room, back to the Father, because we've been given righteousness. That is how we receive reconciliation or salvation. To the degree that we don't understand that, we will begin to find ways to find our self-worth apart from Christ's righteousness. It's idolatry, it's sin, it's pride. And the body of Christ needs to, in this generation, begin making a decision. It's a willful decision. Am I going to accept that God loves me unconditionally and fully, that my self-worth cannot be added to or taken away from, that I, my identity is secured in what Jesus accomplished on the cross, not by any of my gifts, my callings, my functions in the body, what other people think about me, or what I have thought about myself up to this point in time. We, we to the degree we embrace or reject that truth, the culmination of the prophecies from Genesis to Revelation is that Jesus will reconcile us back to the Father. That is, the, that is the story. It's the love story of what God did from the fall, from the garden. It's an account of, what, of God redeeming, going out and getting his children. And we need to embrace that or the things that we talk about and share, the things that I mean write about, the, it's like throwing a rock in a river. They're never going to penetrate into our spirit being if our soul our mind, our will, our emotions, our soul is the gatekeeper to receiving the things of the spirit or rejecting them. We are spirit beings and our soul acts as a gatekeeper whether we will yield to our spirit man which is drawing from the mind of Christ because the Holy Spirit lives in our spirit man or whether we will reject it and continue to think demonically. Think according to the belief system of Satan's lies. That's what took place in the garden And it is nothing short of demonic. It was started by a fallen demon. The idea, the mindset that our self-worth, we have something to gain apart from what God made us. That was the fall of the garden. And even though we've been reconciled, we choose to live by the cross, by the truth, by his righteousness, or we choose to live by the knowledge of good and evil, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That is the lie that started in the garden by Satan. It's a demonic mindset. There's, there's, not, there's no gray in that, guys. And, and the reason why I'm, I'm sharing that with such starkness is because we need to make a decision how we're going to choose to, to relate to God and ourselves and others. We're either going to do it by the mind of Christ, by what God's word says, or we're going to do it through a demonic mindset. Um, so anyway, I, I, I want to share in that, uh, springboarding from that, I want to clear up some things that in this hour are going to begin coming forth and you're going to hear further teachings on this. Um, we have often, because we have not walked in the righteousness of Christ, in the identity of Christ, we have placed to varying degrees worth and identity on our callings and our gifts. We've exalted the apostolic office. We've exalted the prophetic office. Um, and We've exalted the pastoral office to where the, the typically speaking in many, many circles, the pastor is the gatekeeper to everything. 
um, there is the function. There are those that are called and consecrated, set apart to function and serve the body under the mantle of a shepherd. Okay, I'm not saying that that office has stopped. All the gifts, all the functions, according to Ephesians 4.11, are in operation. But we have to understand the purpose of them. It says he gave first apostles, prophets, uh, pastors and teachers, evangelists, for the equipping of the saints, for the edification of the body, until we come into the full stature and measure of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we've kind of, without realizing it, we've perverted that. Apostles are meant to impart apostolic faith. Prophets are meant to impart the mind of God so that others may begin to walk in closer understanding of the mind of God. Shepherds are meant to impart and teach to the body of Christ the shepherding nature, the protecting, the setting straight broken bones, part of the things that a shepherd guards and guides the, 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 the members of the body, the rest of the flock with. That's meant to be imparted. Teachers are meant to impart and share and instruct and teach people how to accurately divide the word of truth. And now all of these are meant to be cross-pollinated so that we all grow up into the full stature of Jesus Christ. I am blessed in, in, um, in my walk with knowing people that, that function apostolically. Now, we're the righteousness of Christ. Our giftings, guys, do not make us more or less special. We really need to put that to bed and decide I'm not going to choose to walk by that demonic mindset. Our gifts, our callings, has nothing to do with our self-worth. And we either believe that or we don't. And to the degree that we don't believe it, we will exalt certain gifts or functions in the body of Christ that we think are cool or exciting or validate our own identity. That's a demonic mindset. That is the mind of the flesh. That is the dead mind pulling at our soul. It is us rejecting the spiritual truth that comes from the Holy Spirit speaking to our spirits, our soul acts as the gatekeeper. And we either receive God's truth or we receive demonic information and demonic mindsets. And a large part of the church in this generation is moving by a demonic mindset because we reject his righteousness and we validate ourselves by what others think about us and by how God communes with us. And um, we need to repent of that if we're going to move in greater intimacy with God. Now, if, if we don't want that, then we're not going to seek that. I, I have unfortunately met many in the body of Christ where I would talk with them, I would share with them, and as time went on, the Holy Spirit would reveal to me, they do not want to let go of their demonic mindset. They, do, they are afraid to give up the comforts of self-soothing and being stroked by others' approval and or rejection because rejection can be self-soothing. It's a spirit of self-pity. And when we're given over to a spirit that says to you, oh, poor you, David, you've been wronged, poor you, that's self-soothing. It's a deceptive spirit. All spirits are. But it keeps us in bondage to our own sense of being wronged. And there are many of us in the body of Christ that would rather be self-soothing and would not want to give that up because the reality of being fully pleasing to an unseen God when we haven't learned yet to walk and commune in the spirit realm um, is, is not appealing. We would rather stick to what we know. The Lord is moving the body of Christ 
into the deep things of his kingdom. We are coming into a generation of the fullness of all things. And I, I didn't mean to get into to a lot of this, um, but I, I, uh, I'm, I just believe I'm supposed to share it. So um, I guess you guys at this point can, as with all things, take it back to the Lord and see if it bears witness. You all have the Holy Spirit. Any word that's given on any level is confirmed by the Holy Spirit inside of us if we are drawing to our spirit man and not our soul. So, um, preface that with the gifts of spirit. They're all meant to teach. Now, here's something that I want to talk on that I've been wanting to share for a long, long time, but we've had to have taken a year to lay a foundation of righteousness, our identity in Christ. Um, yes, I have a blog site. Um, some of you reached out to me. Do I, do I have any of this stuff written? I do have a website, dwmurray.com. I talk about the carnal mind exposed. I talk about walking the righteousness of Christ. I talk about our identity. Um, I'm, I'm putting this together in a book form so that it's easy to, to have in front in a systemized printed copy. I hope to have that out by the end of the year. I'll have more information on my blog on that as it gets closer. Um, but the purpose of all this is, is the Lord is raising up those that are giving back to the body of Christ what is hers. And specifically, what is ours as the bride of Christ is his righteousness. That is our birthright. That is who we are. It is time to come up out of the ashes and out of the slums of living in the lives of Satan, living like prostitutes, living broken, living feeling unworthy, living feeling that, that we're not loved or that we have to earn love and acceptance, not only from the, the world, but from the church. Hey guys, you don't need to be validated by any other member in the body of Christ. No matter how much you respect that person, you do not need their love and acceptance. That's meant to come from your heavenly Father alone. Alone, no other. No other. And if anyone that, that you looked up to or respect, um, if they truly give the impression that you have to perform in order to be validated in any way, um, I won't say stop fellowshipping with them. Uh, what I would say is go find someone that will unconditionally love and accept you and will confirm and affirm in you that you are complete in Christ because that's what God is doing in this hour. It's what we were given 2,000 years ago and the body of Christ is beginning to apprehend it in this hour. That's how we're going to mend. It's how we're going to heal. It is how this nation is going to turn back to the Lord. When the body of Christ repents of a demonic mindset and begin seeking and finding out who she is as the righteousness of Christ, the keys of the kingdom, the gifts of the spirit, the spiritual offices and functions and service are going to begin to rise up, and we will see an end times church that we have never seen before. That's what we're called to in the world. It's what the United States, the body of Christ in the U.S. is called to do, and the Lord is setting the stage and putting pieces together for this to take place that goes in hand in hand with prophecy. There are conditional prophecies, there are unconditional prophecies. I don't want to get ahead of myself, we'll get into any of that, but I wanted to share that. People have reached out to me, uh, particularly with the Gifts of the Spirit series. Let me explain a couple of things, okay? From the time I accepted Christ at seven, I was what I would call a dreamer. If I wanted to talk to God, I needed an answer, I'd go to sleep, I'd take a nap, God would speak to me, I'd get my answer. It was always confirmed in the word, never violent, meaning 
It never violated his nature. Um, folks, it will never violate his nature. Um, from a very young age, the Lord would speak to me or communicate with me or give me invitations to dialogue with him through visions. But the visions weren't as clear as my dreams were. He didn't speak as openly. That gift was not as well developed. So what I did is I slowly began to lightly esteem, or the Greek word despise that gift, and I began to atrophy that gift because it wasn't fully developed. Some of us have, from the time we accept Christ, have uh, gifts that we don't really struggle with. They come very easily to us. And what the body of Christ has done is said, oh, well, that's your gift. That's your place. And we pigeonhole ourselves and we pigeonhole others. And what happens is, and I've taught on this before, is we begin to limit how the Lord is able to speak to us because we begin to, without realizing it, I create an identity for ourselves based upon our gifting. It's another form of idolatry. We need to stay open to all the ways that the Lord wants to speak to us, and we need to sow to those areas. That's one of the reasons why in my function the body of Christ, how I'm called to serve, is to not just share the different things about the kingdom, is to give the tools to understand how to apprehend that for ourselves. Remember, the gifts of the Spirit are simply manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Remember the scriptures say, Paul says, there are diversities of gifts, but one Spirit. Guys, it's all the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't say, well, David, I want to speak to you in dreams, but I don't want to speak to you in visions. Every good thing comes down from the Father of lights. He does not withhold things from us. Some things we have to work at more than others. So the Lord began showing me a couple of years ago about how I had, I had shut down visions. And as I began to repent of that and began to spend more time in his presence, began getting quiet, meditating on him, making myself available to him, seeking Christ, not gifts, but seeking Christ, as he would want to start to speak to me, through a vision, instead of me ignoring it or getting frustrated or saying, I don't understand what that means, just forget it, I would begin to more actively engage it, welcome the Holy Spirit, and so to that time, Lord, tell me more about this. I don't understand the picture you showed me. What does this mean? And just stay in an attitude of expectancy, right? That's one way in which I've sown to a gift of the Spirit that I am not well-developed in. Okay, I didn't have to develop my gift of, of, of dreaming. As, uh, being able to see into the spirit through dreams always came naturally. There was no work involved in it for me. But he doesn't want to just speak to us one way. The Holy Spirit wants to move through us in all different ways as he wills if we yield to it. So I'm sharing that because those of you who say, well, I don't work in word of knowledge or I don't have the gift of wisdom. That's an inaccuracy, guys. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in us. All the gifts are him. We tend to separate. We've separated our giftings from the Holy Spirit. And we can use our giftings apart from the leading of the Holy Spirit, which is what's caused such a mess uh, in the body of Christ in so many ways. It's time to understand it's the Holy Spirit. As we spend time with him and in him, and embrace the different ways in which he wants to move through us, that will grow. As I began to spend more time 
with those that move apostolically. Now, these aren't well-known people. It doesn't make a difference. Fame is, is a, a worldly mindset. Uh, it, it, it has nothing to do with, uh, with our identity and our worth can never change, guys. Please, please embrace that. I challenge you. Embrace that. Your Heavenly Father is challenging his bride to dare to step into her identity, her full stature of the, Je- of the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the things that, that um, was a blessing now that it was a challenge when I was younger is that uh, I, the Lord would speak to me predominantly through very unbroken, unyielded vessels that didn't care for me very much. And the blessing of that now is, one, I got to learn not to ever look to man for my identity or my validation. But two, I learned how to hear the Holy Spirit amidst through very rusty pipes. I've, I've likened us as being vessels, conduits, and the Holy Spirit is pure, pure, perfect water. And the amount of rust or the areas in which we don't move by the mind of Christ are deposits of rust inside that pipe, our vessel, our mouthpiece. And so I learned from a young age how to recognize the pure water through the rust. And guys, we, we need to do that, but more so than that, we need to become vessels that move by the mind of Christ so that so much rust isn't coming out of us. And again, there's others that don't think you have any giftings. You think that there's these special people that are specially gifted. It's just not true. If we sow to the Spirit, we will reap the eternal life of the kingdom in our walk, in our mind, in our bodies. And it's, it's our highest calling. It's for all of us. Get around people that move prophetically. Um, and, and that's, you know, this, again, wow, boy, I'm going off on an area I didn't mean to, but guys, if you, if you we'll leave it alone. As we get around other people with different giftings, we're meant to teach each other. We're meant to instruct each other. I have my ability to grasp by faith the kingdoms, the things of the spirit that I haven't yet grasped, went up exponentially as I began fellowshipping with believers regularly. Because those that, that stand in the office of apostles in our fellowship, whether they even realize it or not, now as we're all growing and maturing even more, as time goes on, we should all be growing, they're, they're flowing with that even more. But from very early, I learned to elicit their giftings. I learned to receive what they had. We're all meant, iron sharpens iron. We're meant to draw from each other so that I can move with the, with the areas that comes naturally to them and that those that move apostolically are meant to glean from evangelists, uh, prophets, pastors, teachers, acts of service, gifts of administration, gifts of exhortation. We are all meant to glean from each other the natural giftings while cultivating the areas that aren't well developed in us through others. That's why fellowship is such a blessing. It's not about works, guys. We want there as an obligation and about putting, putting in our time. Fellowship, when we're seeking Christ, sharpens us. It's a blessing. It is a privilege. It's not an obligation. So, um, and I know many of you are seeking that and desiring that. And, and I, I know I'm a broken record, but just find one person Find one person that just will pray with you and just start out spending time eating together, maybe just having communion together and, and little by little praying more together. Develop relationships. Develop friendships. 
Friendships is at the heart of true koinonia. We can be in ecclesia without being in koinonia. Ecclesia is fellowship. Koinonia is intimacy. It's intimacy that allows us to be vulnerable and allows us to sharpen our giftings, sharpening the ways in which the Holy Spirit moves through us and through moves through other people that we are meant to also glean from and step out with. So having said all that, half-hour introduction, uh, the gift of the Spirit, gift of prophecy, if this is going to be kind of short and to the point. I want to keep it simple. It is simple. Um, I'm going to give the meat where I believe it needs to be given in this hour and leave some of the extraneous things aside. So um, what is it? Remember, the purpose of study, guys, is application. We study theology, the Word of God, and the Bible is the Word of God. The Word of God is meant to be studied so that we can apply it so that we can walk relationally in the kingdom. We're spirit beings that is in constant contact with the Holy Spirit, constant fellowship and communion. And as our souls learn to yield by the renewing of our mind, the spirit realm opens up to us more and more. That is for every believer. It is not for a special elect. That is, um, that's a lie. That, that, that thinking that mindset that some people are anointed or blessed, it's not they're anointed guys, is that some people have counted the cost and spent 10, 20, 30, 40 years being broken and sowing to the spirit so that when the time comes, they're able to share with the body of Christ some of the things they've learned. There's no special gifting there. It's called breaking. It's called tremendous breaking. And depending upon the function of the body of Christ, more people have to go through um, more breaking than others to be able to accurately share and carry the level of the kingdom of authority and giftings that are meant to flow in that member of the body of Christ. People talk about Billy Graham. Um, how many people have studied the life of Billy Graham and what he went through to be able to be carried with the responsibility of being able to share the gospel accurately to millions, accurately share the gospel with millions. It's a great sphere of influence that he was called to. It required tremendous breaking, tremendous breaking. But the body of Christ doesn't really like to focus on that. And the people that have allowed themselves to be broken in areas tend to shy away from that because we're afraid to expose the areas that we've struggled with. Everything is past tense, past tense. Because we feel if we're being real now, um, maybe there's something to lose. We'll lose an audience. We'll lose respect. We'll lose esteem. We'll lose prestige. Um, hmm, demonic mindset. Okay, guys. Purpose of study is application. First uh, Corinthians 12, to another the working miracle, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits. Tonight we're going to be talking about the gift of prophecy. A prophet, a New Testament prophet, according to Ephesians 6, Ephesians 4, some are called to apostles, some prophets, some uh, shepherds and teachers, some evangelists. There's someone who serves in the function prophetically, and then there's the gift of prophecy, which is, is really very simple. Prophecy, what is it? Okay, so um, first thing, we're going to talk about three things. What is it? What's its function and purpose? And how do we flow with it? All right, basic theme for the gifts of the Spirit. What is it? Um, we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Word of knowledge is hidden information revealed by the Holy Spirit. Word of wisdom is when the Holy Spirit reveals 
a hidden direction or course of action. So word of knowledge is hidden information revealed. Word of wisdom is hidden direction revealed. Prophecy is the heart of God revealed. That's all prophecy is. Prophecy is when the heart of the Father, what he is thinking, seeing, feeling, his intention, his will, is brought forth to his bride, to the body of Christ, prophecy. We are all called to share the heart of God as the Holy Spirit wills. You do not need to be a prophet to prophesy. Um, in the fellowship that I am a part of, people that, are, that are, have all different functions in the body of Christ, as we get together and as we seek him and the different giftings get out, have come out and shared, there are other people that are learning and growing and flowing with knowing the mind of God and the heart of God in the matter, and they're sharing it as the Lord wills. That's prophecy. Okay, it's, it's the heart of God. Um, there are basically two types. There's more, but we're going to talk about two main types, foretelling and forthtelling. Um, several months back um, in a, a blog uh, podcast called Kingdom Insights for 2016 Part 1, uh, I go into much greater detail on the different types of, of prophetic sharing. There's hindsight, um, oversight, insight, and foresight. Okay, um, if any of you are interested, you can, you know, go back into that podcast. It's Kingdom Insights for 2016. I get into more of the office, the function, the service of a prophet. Um, but for now, we're going to be talking about the gift of prophecy, meaning when the Holy Spirit wants to share the heart of God, he wants to reveal what's going on from the heart of the throne room. Okay, um, there's two basic types. There's foretelling and forthtelling. So it's the mind of God in any manner. Um, foretelling, well, I always start with this. Um, what's the difference between uh, prophecy and word of, word of wisdom? I get asked that a lot. Word of wisdom is the mind of God toward that person. Okay, it's, it's word of knowledge is hidden information. Someone's going through this. It's something about a person. It's directed toward that person. It's hidden revelation. Word of wisdom is the mind of God toward a specific person or an action. It gives course of action, direction. It is movement. Okay? That's word of wisdom revealed. Prophecy is, is, is in the simplest definition, is the Lord sharing his mind and his thoughts. It's not course of action. Prophecy is him revealing his will and intentions. Word of wisdom is this is what you got to do for this specific situation. Prophecy is here's his heart. And one of the reasons why in this hour those that get prophetic words are causing so much damage in the body of Christ is because there's a word, there's prophecy, there is the Lord's heart and will revealed, but there is not, we are not waiting for a word of wisdom. When you give prophecy, when prophecy is given, we should be waiting upon the Lord to see what is the course of action. And that's been one of the sources of the greatest confusion in this hour is that the Lord wants to share his heart, right? Depending upon how rusty that pipe is, is how it comes out of that pipe. But then on top of that, 
if we're not seeking the Lord for, okay, Lord, here's your, here's your will, here's your heart, you're sharing something, and we don't wait for course of action, but we assume, that is extremely dangerous because now we're taking uh, insight from the Holy Spirit prophecy and we are mingling with our own ideas, theologies, woundings, brokenness, instead of waiting on the Holy Spirit for direction. And that's what causes so much problems with the prophetic office and just with the gift of prophecy. Whether it's personal prophecy or public prophecy, it's the same concept. Um, So we'll get into that a little bit. But prophecy is foretelling and foretelling. So what's the difference? Foretelling is what is going on now. Prophetic foretelling is what the Father intends to do through the body of Christ or sovereignly. I'll say that again. Two types of prophecy, basic, not exhaustive, but basic, and certainly gives us a very broad and, and good foundation for, for the gift of prophecy. Prophetic foretelling. What is going on now? Declaring forth what's going on in the spirit right now. The second is prophetic foretelling, what the Father intends to do. So foretelling, um, excuse me, foretelling what the Lord is thinking, seeing, and feeling desiring right now. I'll give you an example. Exodus 3, 7. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. I am concerned about their suffering. That is prophetic foretelling. The Lord is speaking to Moses and he's saying, Moses, let me share with you what's going on in the throne room. Let me give you something that you could not know otherwise without me sharing it with you. That is that is information about the heart of God, his feelings, his intentions revealed. That is prophetic foretelling. If Moses were to keep that to himself, that would be a prophetic word that was kept private. If Moses shared that with an individual or a group of people, that is a word of prophetic foretelling that has been shared or revealed. Okay, that's prophetic Forthtelling. Give a second example. Isaiah forty three nineteen. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. This is the prophet Isaiah sharing with the nation of Israel the heart and intention and the mind of God in the spirit realm, manifesting in the physical realm right then and there. That's prophetic forthtelling. It was information given to Isaiah. And Isaiah declared it to the people. So it was a prophetic foretelling that was shared. And the reason why I say that, guys, is because there'll be a lot of times when, when the Holy Spirit will share something with us, we're not meant to share it. We're meant to keep that, we're meant to keep that in. Um, we'll get into some of that. We'll get into talking about that. Okay, third example uh, of foretelling. And the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. That is spiritual realities, spiritual declarations, the reality of the kingdom revealed to Moses. God didn't reveal that to Moses. Moses would not have the mind of God in that matter. He would not know that in the eyes of Pharaoh, Moses seemed like God, and that Aaron would have been seen as the prophet of Moses. The only way Moses knew that is because it was shared. That's prophetic foretelling. 
Now, foretelling is what he intends to do. Okay, this is just understanding, um, you know, what it is. We'll get into function and purpose after that. So foretelling is what the Lord is thinking, seeing, feeling, and desiring to do. What he intends to do is prophetic foretelling. Remember, prophecy is just sharing the heart of God. Uh, First example, Exodus 7. Um, I will multiply my signs and wonders in Egypt. Then I will lay my hand on Egypt, and with mighty acts of judgment, I will bring out my division, my people, and the Israelites. That is the Lord sharing what he intends to do to Moses. That is prophetic um, foretelling. You're foretelling. You're telling ahead of time what the Father wants to do. Um, Here's an example of both being given. Uh, The prophet Samuel speaking to King Saul, 1 Samuel 13. You're going to see foretelling and foretelling. Now, Saul, as king, disobeyed the Lord. So Samuel went to uh, King Saul. Excuse me, King Saul disobeyed the Lord. So Samuel was sent by the Lord to King Saul with a word. And he said, but now your kingdom will not endure. Foretelling. Your kingdom will not endure. Future tense. It's not going to endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and has appointed him ruler over his people. So the Lord already sought out another man and has in the spirit already appointed him ruler. That's forth telling. So Saul, uh, excuse me, Samuel the prophet was going to Saul and he, he gave a prophetic forth telling and a foretelling. Your kingdom will not endure, telling him what's going to happen in the future, foretelling. Because the Lord and the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and has appointed him ruler over his people, present tense, forth telling. Okay, so that's an example of something that's going to happen and something that's taking place in the spirit realm right now. There are two kinds, basically, of prophecy. Two kinds, when the gift of prophecy moves, when, or said another way more accurately, when the Holy Spirit shares the heart of the Father, right? The gift of prophecy is simply like all things. It is a manifesting of the kingdom realm to the body of Christ. It's just a manifestation of the kingdom. The more deeply we commune with the Lord, the more the manifestation of the presence of the Holy Spirit and his kingdom, we become aware of it. We're meant to walk in it all the time. And we're not meant to step into it and then step back out into this realm and this flesh. We're meant to live as Jesus did. He lived in the kingdom. Um, the apostles lived for the most part. They made mistakes, but for the most part lived in the kingdom. That's how we're we're meant to do. We're not meant to step in and out of uh, of the kingdom. But So the two ways, um, two types of prophecy, two kinds. The first is conditional. The second is unconditional. I will give an example of conditional prophecy. Leviticus 26.3. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commands and do them, then I will give you rain in due season, and your land will yield its increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. Conditional prophecy. If you do this, this will come. That is the, the Lord sharing his heart on a matter, something to come that has conditions attached to it. Um, there's another one if you want to look up First um, Kings 11. This is the prophet Ahijah speaking to Jeroboam. Now Jeroboam was consecrated king over Israel because Solomon's son Rehoboam 
um, was dealing with the fallout of Solomon's sin. I don't know. I, I study kings all the time. Some of you haven't studied them. They, they're wonderful. Give wonderful guidelines into um, the heart of God on some things. Anyway, Ahijah speaking to Jeroboam. Jeroboam, if you do what I have commanded you and walk in obedience to me and do what is right in my eyes by obeying my decrees and command as my servant David did, I will be with you. I will build you a dynasty as enduring as the one I built for David and will give Israel to do, to you. This was a conditional promise or a conditional prophecy. Their conditional has an, an initiation by the Lord and a response. There is relational involvement. Um, the scriptures say we are co-laborers, and it means just that. We labor with the Lord to partner with him. Um, so that's a, a conditional prophecy. The second is unconditional prophecy. And here's an example. Jesus prophesying about his second return, John 14, 3. I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may also be. No conditions on that. Jesus is saying, I will come again and will receive you, meaning receiving his children, receiving his church. John 14, 3. That is an unconditional prophecy. No conditions on that. That is taking place. A second example is the book of Revelation. One of the reasons why I love Revelation is not because of all the cryptic code in there. It's because what's taking place, whether all of the insights into it are plainly manifest to us, there's enough that's plain in there. If we didn't try looking into all the hidden things, there's enough things plainly written in Revelation for us to get real excited about. The book of Revelation is an unconditional prophetic foretelling of what's going to take place. Done. Sealed. So, um, function and purpose. The purpose of the mind of God revealed is for his church to carry out the will of the throne. We talked about what, what the gift of prophecy is. Um, function of it um, is is what we're going to get into next. Uh, what is the function of the throne room? Of, of sharing what is on the Father's heart from the throne room. It's so that the church can carry out the will of the throne room. John 5, 19. Give this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. Matthew twenty eight eighteen. Then Jesus said to them, and said this is after his, his resurrection, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is an example of prophetic foretelling. Jesus is telling them what the will of the Father is and the church's commission. And in this day and age, one of the, one of the most profound areas of, of a prophetic foretelling that Jesus declared 2,000 years ago that has been rejected by the body of Christ is the Great Commission. We have rejected the prophetic fore and forth telling of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to repent of that. Jesus gave us a prophetic declaration before his ascension back up to heaven. He said, all authority has been given to me. That's prophetic forth telling. He let everybody know what took place in the spirit realm. What the keys of the kingdom, there was a transference of authority the fulfillment of the prophecies was done. Prophetic foretelling. 
I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. Now, because of that, here's what you're to do after Pentecost. After Pentecost, you are to make disciples of all the nations and baptize them and get them filled with the Holy Spirit. That is prophetic forth, uh, excuse me, foretelling. It's a prophetic commandment. He goes on to say, but wait in Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit. The body of Christ in this hour, by and large, has rejected the prophetic utterance of the Lord Jesus Christ, the word of prophecy of what the church was commanded to do, which is fulfill the Great Commission by the power of the Holy Spirit. We've rejected that, and we need to repent of that. We need to get back to fulfilling that prophetic commandment. So the purpose of prophecy is to help transition us to walk in the will of the Father and to help us walk in his heart and mind. To sum it up, the purpose of prophecy, the Lord, the Holy Spirit sharing the heart of the Father is one, intimacy. It draws intimacy. We understand him. The more we understand what he's doing or what he wants to do, it draws us to him. It's an invitation to get to know him. It's an invitation to seek and sow to the kingdom. It's intimacy. Prophecy is shared to build. It's an invitation to intimacy. The second is to carry out his will. Jesus gave us the use of his authority. We are meant to carry out what we see the Father doing from the throne room, just as Jesus did. As Jesus says, I only do what my Father doing. We are meant to grow and mature so that we can see, perceive, understand, know, feel, think, and carry out the will of the Father on the earth to fulfill his commission to redeem his lost. So the function purpose summed up is intimacy and to carry out his will. So the third part, how do we do this? How do we flow with the gift of prophecy? I'm going to restate that again for the sake of our own uh, clarity and understanding through the mind of Christ. How do we flow with yielding when the Holy Spirit wants to share the heart of the Father? He wants to reveal from his throne what's going on. Um, There's two ways to flow in accurate um, prophecy. One is, now I'm not talking about sharing it. I'm talking about receiving it. Talking about receiving it. One is we must walk in his mind. And two, we must walk after his own heart. Those are the two most basic foundational qualifications in order to receive and to flow and to grow in prophecy. Many times the Lord will give us, he will share his heart to us it is a personal encounter. Before we ever share something, before we're ever meant to share something with the body of Christ or with the lost, the Lord will spend many, uh, when I say years, uh, he will take a long season working out the mind of Christ in us, as long as it takes to work out the mind of Christ. For me, it was uh, it was a long, long, long time. Um, long time for the most part. He will share with us things that are just meant to be invitations for us to examine our thoughts, our beliefs, and conform them to the mind of Christ. Um, He shares with us his heart on a matter so that we can begin walking in his mind. 
We talked about, um, back on the word of knowledge, how prophecy may come is very similar. You know, it's very similar how we will get um, a sense of, of the heart of God. It's an emotional feeling, a physical feeling. It's a mental knowing. Um, it could be a visual uh, picture or a dream. These are ways that the Lord begins to initiate engaging us. He initiates um, dialogue with us. He will share his heart on a matter. Uh, if it's in a dream, that dream may be symbolic or the dream may be very plain to us. Um, it may be through symbols. It may be through a physical feeling. Um, there, there have been many times where I'm, I'm just about my day, and I, and I just, I feel like I got hit in the chest with uh, a sledgehammer of sorrow, or pain, or fear, or, um, or actually hard-heartedness. That was when they caught me off guard once. And what these are is the Lord is sharing with us something. He wants us to go seek after him. And one of the things I remember sharing with was when I felt some like a hardness and this like agitation, this anger, and this this, this br- just brazenness, just, it felt like just darkness. And I'm like, Lord, what is this? It's just, you know, it's just the spirit. This is, I got to bind you, Satan. And I began seeking the Lord and crying and repenting and just saying, Lord, what is it? What's going on? And, and the Lord says, this is how my church feels towards me. And then the Lord began sharing with me wisdom, insight, course of action. Okay, so one of the ways we flow with it is we have to walk in his mind. When he shares with, when he initiates conversation, emotional, physical feeling, a mental intuition, a dream or a vision, what we do is we must first submit our mind to the mind of Christ. Romans 12, 2 is the key here. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Right? This is a, guys, we all know this verse. Please let, take this in in a different way. Ask the Lord to give you greater revelation here, please. Um, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We cooperate with his mind. We walk in his mind. We know his thoughts, his intentions, his feelings, his will to the degree that our mind is renewed in the truth of God's word. And that starts with knowing our identity in Christ. It has to start there, guys. It's no coincidence that Paul says, just after this, the first manifestation of the Holy Spirit he mentions is prophecy. Above all the other gifts, prophecy has the greatest impact to affect the church because it carries the most authority. It is the heart of God revealed to his redeemed. So if you want to take, it's no wonder that of all the gifts, all of the functions, the prophetic office gets attacked the most. Because without being transformed by our minds, if we attempt to share the heart of God without feeling what he's feeling or having his mind, it unleashes all sorts of compromised, distorted words and and confusion in the body of Christ. We have babes in the body of Christ. We have spiritually immature, don't know any better, that are hearing words that can sense in their spirit the Holy Spirit is in it, but don't yet have the discernment to pick out the rust water from the pure water, can't break it apart, can't filter it. 
So they take it all in and cause a tremendous confusion. And many who are called to the prophetic office have abused this because they've, through whatever means, through part of the Lord just calling us to greater, and I mean us, I mean the body of Christ, greater realms of influence. But if we don't deal with the areas that we're contending with our self-worth, as, as our sphere of influence begins to grow and as we um, begin to develop uh, more people that we come in contact with, if we begin to find our identity in our popularity, our audience uh, level, um, imagine if Billy Graham, I just respect him tremendously. He's one of the men the Lord told me to study. And Billy Graham, imagine if Billy Graham began to feed his identity by his audience, the, the pure gospel of salvation, that message would have been perverted. And, and his ministry would not have continued to go on as long as it has because God just cannot, he can't take that. It's his mercy for the body that he moves those that, that eventually get out. Either we're exposed, we're, we're humbled, we're removed. Um, it's not wrath, it's his goodness. It's his faithfulness to the rest of the body. But because he's so long-suffering and he gives the body time to work these things out, a lot of these things manifest for a long period of time. And, and because of it, more than any other, the apostolic is a close second, but the prophetic office is, is an absolute mess. Um, if you're called, and that, by the way, on a side note, guys, I won't talk about this too much. If you're an intercessor, you're a prophet. I'm, I'm sorry to break that to you, but, um, you know, that's just the way it is. You know, those that are called prophetically need to just embrace that, not as their identity, but just it is what it is. It's not a big deal. Um, my condolences to you. <laughs> I say that tongue-in-cheek uh, because, you know, those that are called to that to serve the body with um, sharing the heart of God in greater frequency or with greater authority requires greater um, breaking of the outer man to walk in the spirit man. Um, and there's been such little teaching um, and recognition of intercessors. Intercessors are usually, they're, they're rogues, not because they want to be, but because the body of Christ does not embrace them. Um, and intercessors don't embrace their prophetic calling, so they never fully step into the prophetic office. So they regulate themselves to just this um, limited capacity, which is just to pray and carry the burden and do a bunch of spiritual uh, warfare, uh, uh, slaughter, I really like to say. And they're not trained. They're not walking in their fullest capacity that they're meant to walk in. Um, and they're not really received by the body of Christ. And more than anyone else, uh, prophets get attacked in the body of Christ. And I mean all, I mean the body of Christ. We all have different functions. And one of the functions of the prophetic office is to, with great care, frequency, and dunamis power and authority, share the love of God manifested through what is on his heart. And there are many people called to that office that will allow him to use them in certain areas. They will not discuss anything that's uncomfortable. And um, the Lord's only going to put up with that for so long. Again, it's not wrath. It's his goodness. He is right now raising up people who will share his heart from the throne room that will teach others how to hear his heart, that will help train the equipping of the saints because we all have the Holy Spirit. We are all meant to hear from God what's on his heart. The prophetic office does that more than other functions because that, that's that niche. That's one of those areas. But the prophets are meant to share that. They're not these special anointed. We're not meant to go to a certain conference so someone can give us a word and we could just receive it and write on that word. People move prophetically are meant to impart 
the righteousness of Christ are meant to in part share, teach on how to hear God's voice, how to move in the realms of the kingdom so that all of us can prophesy. All of us may have words of encouragement so that all of us may move with apostolic faith. We're all meant to sharpen each other so that we all grow into walking in great intimacy with the Holy Spirit. It's not so that we can exalt that one person and say, look at that, that person's amazing. No, that it's just one member in the body that has allowed God to do a certain work with them, that if we all would allow ourselves to continue on, we would help each other. Um, so that's a little bit of a, of a rabbit trail. I didn't mean to get into that, but um, it is what it is. So... Um, to the degree we don't walk by our identity in Christ is the gift of prophecy will be perverted. Um, I have met many people um, that move prophetically. They don't even know it themselves. And many people call, call themselves inter, uh, intercessors um, because the body of Christ doesn't accept prophets. And, and there's good reason. You know, there's conservatives that don't believe in the gifts of the spirit so that, you know, you can receive that as, as someone who's off their rocker. And then you have the charismaniac circles, um, which I'm one of them, so I'm not making fun of them, you know, um, that exalt that function and, and um, go around saying, oh, this is prophet so-and-so and a title. And um, what it creates is a hierarchy that makes people think that only certain people are, are, are given the insights of God are meant to share them. Um, and that's just not true. The prophetic office carries the burden and the heart of the Father more that doesn't mean that other people will not have these encounters and are not meant to walk in these encounters. The prophetic office, the person called to the prophetic, is meant to train others to increase in their ability to do the same thing. And I know that's not popular. Um, that's okay. It's not me. That's scripture. Ephesians 4.11, until we all come to the full stature of Jesus Christ. How can, we, how can the church come to the full stature of Jesus Christ if we're not all walking in intimacy with the Holy Spirit. So just something to bear in mind there. Um, I've heard people that, 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 well, let's get into the second part. The, the first part is how we flow in that we must have his mind. The second, we've already transitioned into it, is we must have his heart. First Corinthians 2.16 says, For who has known the mind of the Lord as to instruction? This is uh, Paul quoting um, Old Covenant word. Um, the Old Covenant, they did not have the Holy Spirit in them. The only people that had the Holy Spirit was kings ordained by God, the Levitical priesthood, uh, and the prophets. So saying who has known the mind of the Lord, meaning nobody does because nobody had the Holy Spirit inside of them. That's why prophets were judged by a different standard. The body of Christ back then, the Old Testament saints didn't have the Holy Spirit in us. The only way they could judge the word is if it came to pass if it was a conditional prophetic word or an unconditional prophetic word. Um, in the new covenant, we don't judge it when it comes to pass. We judge it by the discerning of our spirits. So then we wouldn't, if we understood this, we wouldn't be caught in confusion when a word, a prophetic word was given, we would discern, is this conditional or is this unconditional? And if it came to pass or not, it wouldn't throw us off. We would begin to say, hmm, well, if that didn't come to pass, what took place in the spirit realm? Let me go talk to the Lord about this. That's one of the things that the prophetic office has to bear is that the Lord will lay upon those people his heart and his mind 
the conditional and the unconditional things that are taking place in the future, the conditional, um, the, the unconditional, the things that are taking place right now in the spirit realm, and then how and what to share with the body of Christ to move them into having the mind of God on this matter. See, right now in the body of Christ, in, in the United States, by and large, there are those trying to share the heart of God. The church doesn't want to hear it, really. You just, you, you, if you go out there and you, you, you take a pulse, take a survey, go to um, you know, many circles across the nation, those that are trying to share the Father is grieving. He's calling the body to holiness and repentance. They don't want to hear it. There are those in the body that are hearing it and are seeking the Lord, and they're bearing witness with the Holy Spirit in them, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to them directly. That's what the prophetic office is meant to do, is meant to share and impart the mind of God so that the body of Christ can say yes and amen to the Holy Spirit in them and begin engaging the kingdom themselves so that they grow and apprehend and grasp a hold of the heart of the Father themselves. And um, so anyway, it's some of the things that are going on in this, in this hour. Um, we must have his heart. The only way we can have his heart is if we know our true identity. Everything comes from love. Judgment, discipline, chastising, pruning comes from love. It's, it's love. And... Um, so we must have his mind, we must have his heart. Along those lines, guys, and I'll finish up with this. All right. I don't know if I'm going to go with that. Here's, here's one thing that I want to encourage you guys with. None of this stuff is meant to be complicated. It's complicated when we try to pass it through our understanding we need to just embrace that we are the righteous of Christ and begin just spending time with him from a soul that is yielding to his truth. For many, many years, the Lord would share things with me. They were, for, they were private interpretation only. They were from me, okay? We would have prophetic encounters, the Lord and I, for me. They were invitations to learn about him in a new way. But if the soul refuses to walk by the, by the truth of God about righteousness, we will waste. We will waste our life. We will waste our walk. We will compromise our walk because God can only commune with us in spirit because we're spirit beings and in truth. There are people that are getting prophetic insights. They are sharing what God is doing right now, meaning what's taking place in the spirit realm. The spirit realm eventually falls out into the natural realm. Okay, the economic collapse that took place in the United States in 08, 09, manifested in the spirit realm before there. It took a while for it to hit the natural realm with the housing market, um, with, with the collapse of, of the banking uh, the banking system. It was, it was discipline that started in the spirit and it manifested through housing and banking. Okay, but when we get any one of us tying this back in through spending time, through communing with him, begin to get an impression, an insight, a vision, or a spoken word to our spirit. We need to wait on direction for him. There is so little of that going on in the body of Christ. Those that are legitimately stand and function in the prophetic office that are 
we're out there on YouTube or we're out there on blogs or, or, or radio or wherever we are, writing books, anything, it's not enough to, to have been given an insight, a small piece of the Lord's heart. We must wait for a word of wisdom. We must understand what is the will of the Father, what is the course of action. God will never give his heart without direction. If you have heard a prophetic word and the word bears witness to you, but it brings fear and condemnation, the mouthpiece has failed in their obligation to give the course of action. Because whenever God speaks, he gives his bride course of action. If we have not been given course of action, we are given an incomplete prophetic word. And we are accountable to that. And what happens is, and what is happening, guys, and I hope, I pray, this gives you clarity and peace in the name of Jesus Christ, is that when a word is given, when the insights that someone has gotten from their time with the Lord are shared, what needs to be shared next is the course of action from the Holy Spirit. If that is not present, if a prophetic word is not given with prophetic word of wisdom, then what will happen is that person will be operating most likely through their soul and they will give you their own impressions, which usually you'll hear anger, you'll hear agitation, um, you'll hear irritation, you'll hear wrath. That is the unrenewed soul not waiting upon the Spirit of God to speak to their spirit for the course of action. That's not to say when a, when a prophetic word is given, there's not, you're not going to feel the authority of the Holy Spirit, and there's not going to be a sense of needing to repent. Absolutely. When the Lord thunders, he thunders. And he can thunder through a whisper, or he can thunder through a trumpet. But the, the person giving that needs to, and you need to be aware of the body of Christ, has the word of wisdom been given? And in this hour, there's very few word of wisdom very few. And it's not good enough, guys. And so um, I apologize on behalf of the body of Christ for those of us in my spiritual generation that have not taken the proper place in our, in our service to share not only the mind and heart of the Lord, things to come, but also in the present, but his direction, because there is always direction. Uh, you're not going to find a scripture verse where God gives a prophetic word and does not give the course of action somewhere attached with that, because he's not a stranger. He's our dad, and he loves us. He hates sin. That's what the prophetic office is meant to serve the body of Christ, to impart the Lord, to raise up our spiritual sensitivity so that we can all embrace his heart. And we need to do it with the love of God. And when that's shared, there's balance, there's hope, there's restoration, there's peace. That's why we have this superficial uh, parrot mantra that goes around. Well, if it's a word of prophecy, it's all for edification, exhortation, comfort. If you don't feel edified, exhorted, or comforted, it's not of God. That is such an abused and, and, and mistaught verse of Scripture. Um, if you go out through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and you read some prophecies, you may not in your soul in your fearful, carnal mind, feel exhorted, 
um, encouraged or motivated. That doesn't mean it's not from God. That means that you may be taking it by the carnal mind. You're not hearing what the Holy Spirit is saying. Or the prophetic word is incomplete. There hasn't been a word of wisdom. Um, but we really, really, really need to just cut the garbage and stop watering down um, the the full heart of God as he intends to move prophetically through the gift of prophecy. You don't have to be a prophet to move in the gift of prophecy. I should have said that an hour ago. Um, everyone is meant to prophesy. And I don't mean simple exhortation. Uh, there's two different words in the Greek um, exhortation, which is translated prophecy or prophesying, and then there's um, sharing the heart, the mind of God, things to come, things unseen or unknown. That is the gift of divine insight. Um, everything when we see it from God's kingdom mindset is encouraging, exhorting, and comforting. Right? I mean, otherwise you must throw out the book of Revelation, right? How many of you have felt comforted when you first came to the Lord and someone had the great idea to, to start off their Bible study trying to uh, read through the book of Revelation? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, there was a lot of that that went around in the 70s. We all, all, all got born again, and uh, first month we studied Revelation. <laughs> oh, man, this is too funny. Anyway, let's summarize this. What is prophecy? It is the heart of God revealed. Um, word of knowledge is hidden truth revealed. A word of wisdom is hidden direction revealed. Prophecy is the heart of God revealed. The function or the purpose of prophecy is to help transition us to walk in his will and to help us walk in his heart and mind. The way we flow with it is when we get quiet and we begin getting that bubbling up in our spirit or that vision or that dream or that function um, with that illumination, the Holy Spirit speaking to our spirit, we have to first make sure that our soul, the gatekeeper, is repenting of any thoughts contrary to his heart. If we, want, if we get something from the Lord and we are just raring to share and there's anger in it, uh, we have no business sharing it. Now, there will be righteous anger, yes, um, but we can't, we're not allowed to hide behind that as an excuse to justify our flesh hanging out all over the place. Righteous anger has a very different sound to it. It's pure. The righteous anger of God from the throne room is pure. It's clean. It brings people to repentance and honesty and truth. Soulish anger alienates and makes people feel condemned. Now, with everything, there's two sides to the ditch. If I'm receiving a very pure word, from the Lord, and I'm thinking not with the mind of God, but if I'm feeling that I'm unworthy, I'm shameful, if I'm carrying a deep sense of inferiority, um, if I've been severely traumatized, if my mind is fractured and I'm a mess, pretty much anything that's shared with me, I'm going to reject or take as condemning, and I'm going to say that's a, that's a false word. So we have to understand, are we moving in the mind of Christ when we receive a word, and when we give it, we need to first, before we give it, understand his mind, and make sure we're flowing in his heart. And then lastly, we need to wait on the word of wisdom. What is the direction? What is the insight he's giving us? Um, if we're meant to share it. One of the verses I absolutely love is Genesis eighteen seventeen. It says, then the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? And I just love that. Um, you know, Abraham was a prophet, but it's not about uh, him being a prophet. It's about the Lord communing with a friend. And um, 
Guys, he's just desiring to share his heart with his bride. And if we would have the courage in this hour, which is the darkest hour of this nation, um, if we would have the courage to embrace how much he loves us and that our worth can never change, it's, it's complete, it's full, we would begin being able to engage the realms of the kingdom to be the greatest light that we're meant to be in the darkest times. We are not meant to hide. We are meant to walk in realms of glory so that when people pass by us, they say, who are you? Where did you come from? What is different about you? Uh, I was in the airport. Now, you guys know I'm, I'm a mess, right? I share on my, on my blog. I talk about all my shortcomings. I mean, I'm in the journey just like all of us. Um, all of us, we're all moving from, from glory to glory, you know, moving in greater realms of the kingdom. And I was in the airport. I was on a business uh, this, this past week, which is why I didn't, I didn't teach two weeks ago. I was out in Chicago. And um, so I'm in the airport, and I see a, a woman who has a turban on and uh, full head wrap. And um, so I saw this is a great opportunity to, to speak to her see if she needs any healing lay hands upon her. So I began to engage her in conversation and a very outgoing, very energetic person uh, had a ton of natural giftings. Um, she was a Muslim. And so as we were talking, it was a very brief conversation. You know, I bought her a water or something. I'm heading out to the gate to, to catch my flight. And she says, um, are you government? Which I thought was a very odd language. I never heard anybody say that to me before. I said, am I, I, I said, am I in government? I said, no. And she said, you are, you, you are, I don't understand it. So I said, well, what do, you, what do you mean by that? I said, that's very interesting. And she said, there's just, there's something about you. You're, you're in government. Are you in the military? Are you in government? And I said, oh, no. I said, no. I said, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and uh, we finished up our conversation and I left. That's not because I'm anything special, guys. It's because in whatever areas we choose to receive his truth for us, we allow the kingdom to move through us. Right? Our worth doesn't come from how much we allow the kingdom to move through us. Our worth does not come in someone saying to me, David, are you in government? Is there, are you, are you, I knew what she was seeing. She was seeing the kingdom of God in operation around me and in me. Right? My worth doesn't come from that, guys, and neither does yours. Nor does my worth, which would, which would be low, come if someone came up to me and said, you just, I just don't like you. You seem like a very unkind person. Um, or if I was an unkind person, uh, which sometimes I can be, my worth and identity as a child of God does not diminish. We are free to just allow ourselves to enjoy this walk with him um, in spirit and in truth. So um, one off on a couple of rabbit tails, rabbit holes. But Dorothy, before I close out, um, uh, any questions or feedback on your end or anything that, that anyone wanted to phone in on or anything like that? Uh, no questions. Um, okay. And if if the person who is called in to listen actually wants to Talk to David. You have to hit the one so I know, because I can't tell otherwise. So. Yeah, it only took me a few weeks to figure that out, at least, right, Dorothy? 
there goes the hand. Okay. I just had a feeling that they wanted to talk. <laughs> Hi, David I and Dorothy. It's Pamela. Hi, Hi Pamela. Pam. How are you? <laughs> and Andre, he's here too. Andre, how are you, brother? Very well, thank you. Good, good. Um, What's up, guys? I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to talk to you. I just kind of uh, went on the road. So I wrote some stuff down before we left, but I am just overjoyed and, and God is so good and so great. This past eight months that you've been teaching, God has been untying me from so many. Uh, I've been so fractured. You know, I, I, I know I hurt God, but I didn't wait for the word of wisdom. And I got mm. a lot of people in that. And I didn't understand all that. In fact, David, every time I went to a pastor to try to talk to him about what God was telling me and, and to ask them to partner with me, pray with me, they would reject me. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I, I'm so overjoyed, and I'm getting healed. Um, Amen. Just praise God for your ministry. Praise God that he put you, what he put you through over these years, because there's many of us out here like this, many of us. Yeah. In fact, God has recently put us in a um, fellowship where there's another girl who was actually institutionalized because they thought she was bipolar, and God told her what to do. God told her to... Um, that she had to get two witnesses. He told her, you know, several things, and they mm-hmm. let her out. Um, Amen. So, oh, and I'm just, I'm, I'm so, I love him so much. I am, I am not confused anymore. Still got a lot of healing to do, but Amen. praise God. Praise God, <laughs> you know. Um, that's awesome. Thank you guys for sharing that. That, that, that's just so encouraging. Um, it, it it's just really encouraging. Um, it, sometimes it gets discouraging for me um, because there's I, I know what the Lord is doing in the body, and I know what He's in, he, what He's desiring to do in part in the body. And sometimes it, it can it can be discouraging because um, one of the things that I do is I have to bear the heart of the Father as He's showing me where the body is at now, yes. and the heart of the Father and where He wants to take us and. And that gap is staying steadfast and, and not growing discouraged. And and that's tough for me sometimes. So you guys calling in is great. I understand, David. I understand. In fact, I was just telling this group the other day, it's like, I feel the heart of God. I When he tells me stuff, I feel his heart. I, I feel it. Mm-hmm. I weep. I, you know, mm-hmm. and... And what's interesting is this pastor that we're, I mean, it's a pastor. So this has been kind of, you know, because uh, it's been kind of, I, I'm, I'm really not into the whole, you know, pastor standing up in front and all that. But I know sure. God is God has us here for a reason. And yeah. this other lady that's in there, um, she's also, you know, there, he doesn't believe that there, uh, they don't believe that there's prophets or that, that kind of gifting anymore. And yeah. but he's seeing he's seeing this stuff uh, unfold before his eyes. So yeah. if you keep us in prayer, you know, you and your your group and and Dorothy sure. on, um, you know, because this this pastor and his wife they're young, and they're in their uh, I think early thirties, mid early thirties, yeah. And uh, 
but they're open to God. Um, they have you heard the book uh, Saturated? Oh, Saturated. No, I have not. No, I have okay. not. No. It's kind of um, kind of on the lines that that you talk about, but it still isn't deep enough. In the you know the deeper parts of you know everything is all of our worth is in Him, and I'm just again I praise God because I. The burdens I carried, I carried burdens that I shouldn't have because I didn't understand the process. Yep. Um, yep. I, and when God told me something, it was urgent feeling, you know, but I, I didn't yeah. enter more with him. So, again, um, thank God for um, helping <laughs> my husband's over here, yes, helping us get untangled. And, uh, well, Praise God. I, I, I mean, that's just, <laughs> you know, it's um, sometimes I stop in the last couple of years, the different things that the Lord has done with Maya and I, our, our, our area of serving in the body of Christ is just a blessing that um, part of me never thought I would see, to be honest with you. Um, right. There was just such a long, long, when I mean long, I mean decades of quiet, yeah. Um, sewing and and working out tremendous rejection, and yet at the same time, attempting to bear the heart of God um, without going crazy. And um, you know, I, it's such a blessing to have the body of Christ and be part of a fellowship that that accepts me and, and embraces me and can kind of round me out. And um, yeah. yeah, and and <laughs> it's just it's been a wild ride and. Um, you know, uh, people like you and Andre are some of the people that the Lord told me that I would be meeting 20 years ago. And to, to see these things unfold in this hour, um, it's just a, it's a blessing beyond words. So thank you guys so much for your friendship, for your feedback, for your heart for the Lord. And um, just just don't, don't get discouraged. One of the toughest things, uh, I never thought I'd be writing one book, and I just keep getting thoughts on more and more different things that I feel I'm going to be writing on. I'm hoping yeah. to relegate it to a blog because I just, <laughs> I just I don't want to write books. Uh, that, that's its own thing that I won't get into. But um, one yeah. of the things is, is, uh, is helping to walk out those that, um, that more so than other in the body of Christ carry the raw, um, unfiltered burden of his heart. Uh, we don't all yeah. carry it the same way. We're not meant to, but we're meant to share it, part it, help each other grasp it. And yeah. um, and that there's not a lot of teaching on it. It's geared toward mainly those that are already functioning or aware of it. And um, so I'm mulling that over with the Lord. And um, in the meantime, just just you know, you guys are just doing great. Keep digging in and just keep going with His love over you. And whenever you have Whenever you have a burden and it seems overwhelming, mm-hmm. um, one of the one of the keys that the Lord has taught me that's found in scriptures, we just don't contain it, Pamela. Just let it flow. Let it go through you back to the throne room. Because okay. Jesus is Jesus is never overwhelmed by his feelings and he is full of joy. And that is not something I have joy, but I try fellowship on part of they laugh, they get a kick out of it because they know I do, and I and I'm funny and I'm stupid and I have a warped sense of humor, but I'm, <laughs> I but I don't I really do, but I don't have that. You my brother. <laughs> but, yeah, I but I don't have that bubbliness that the Lord Jesus Christ had, and if the spirit oh. of prophecy comes from Jesus, 
who is fullness of joy, I know I have not yet walked this out to its completion the way I meant to. So um, when you're feeling that, what the Lord has shown me is you don't contain it. You take that, you welcome it, you receive it, you give it back to him, and you just meditate on him, his goodness, his love, and begin asking him for an impartation of his joy. Okay. And what that will do is that will take his heart, and it just, um, it's like floating down the river and trying, instead of trying to fight the current, if that makes sense. That's okay. the only way I've been able to articulate it. Um, just, you know, okay. just kind of go down the river with it. Okay. Praise God. Right. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> uh, I am I'm so excited because, um, you know, for one, there's, you know, somebody I can talk to who, I, you know, I, people think I, I was crazy, you know, I, and I know yes. you felt a lot. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of different things, I'm sure. But, um, yeah. like, one, one, one pastor told me, do not tell anybody what you just told me, you know. Because he said they'll kick you out of church, you know. So um, yeah, you know, it's it's kicking uh, yeah. at church is no big deal after a while. <laughs> yeah. it's no big deal. Well, I I lost it, you know, and just stayed <laughs> with him in the wilderness, and he was always still so very faithful. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's a you know what? Just to encourage you, Pam and, and Andre. The, those that season is changing. Um, yeah. My my wife Maya is is a pastor. She does not stand up in a pulpit. When I say she's a pastor, I mean she 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 stands. She functions yeah. in the spiritual office of a shepherd, of a pastor. Um, yeah. And she and I work very well together. Not just because we're, we're one flesh and one and one in, in spirit, but because the different bodies are not meant to clash. They're meant to help each other. And what yeah. the Lord is doing is he's he is in love. And faithfulness. He is, he is, he is getting rid of the old wineskins, and he's yes. presenting the new wine with new wineskins. And and if the body of Christ attempts to receive the new wine under the old wineskin, they're going to burst. And that's his goodness. Hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's his goodness. And and there's no anger in that. You know, I sometimes have gotten angry and still get that way. But that just means I'm not walking in his heart. That's all. I'm not a perfect vessel. Um, right. But it's his love. The, the, there's so many reasons why the traditions of man, that system, cannot it cannot contain a hearing the heart of God when when Father is grieved about something because it it ups it upsets the apple cart uh, a lot. It's uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. um, if, but you know um, it's okay. It's okay to be uncomfortable. I've been uncomfortable most of my life. <laughs> 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 you know, you just, you know, as we begin to understand how much He loves us, and how yes. faithful He is, and how there's no condemnation. Like I wouldn't have it any other way. It's and after a while, you just, you just, you just understand everything is because of His love. And um, so, so don't get discouraged, Pam, um, when people don't receive some of the things that that you are sharing. Um, okay. Even when you get gotten the word of wisdom on direction for that word, whether it's private or it's meant to be shared, and how to share the course of direction, because the, mm-hmm. the time is coming when this nation, when the body of Christ in this nation, will have nowhere mm-hmm. left to turn that has to do with the traditions of man, because the traditions of man 
cannot contain um, anything that is counterfeit to the fullness of God's spirit and his intention for the church will not stand in the hour that's coming. And there will be people that are looking for those that can share the heart of God and the mind and will and direction of God for this hour. And it will be desperation in which the body of Christ will begin to seek each other out to come into true koinonia. So that time is coming, and and, and it's a good thing. In the meantime, God's continuing to prepare and equip and uh, and purify us. And one of the ways he's doing that, as you know, is through through trials. And that's love. It's good. Yes. So anyway, I didn't mean to talk to you guys here off. You guys called them here. Oh, no, no, no. I've, I've, I've needed it. Thank you, brother, and... Thank Absolutely, you, Dorothy. We I we love you guys so much. Love you too. You and Andre, you take care. I'm still praying for you guys all the time and for your family. Tell your son I said hello, please. I will, and vice versa. We've been praying for you guys too. Thank so. you. Please, uh, please, I'll take those any time that any time <laughs> they come my way. We'll take them. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. So when's your book coming out? Um, I I hope before the end of the year. Um, okay. I, I hope before the end of the year, but okay. we'll see. Wonderful. I'm trying not to drag my heels. I'm really trying not to drag my heels and move along and do it, but um, time passes so quickly. So we'll see. I'll probably make it known. I'm still working out some things um, with the Lord in terms of, of getting the book out there and, and wanting to make sure that um, uh, I'm doing it the best as I'm able to according to the heart and the mind and the will of the Father and what Dad wants to do. So. I'm trying to be yeah. really slow and deliberate uh, okay. uh, about the whole thing. So you can keep us in prayer with that, please. Definitely. We'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> okay. Well, well you guys you. have safe travel, safe trip, and thank you guys for calling in so much. I appreciate it. Thank you, too. God bless. God bless. Love I you, guys. Love you, you, too. Bye-bye. Dorothy, any, anyone else uh, dialed in? Nope. That's it. Okie dokie. Well, Dorothy, you have a wonderful night. I'm going to be praying for your cats. And um, I will catch up with you um, probably not this coming Friday, but next Friday. But you and I will talk in between, and I'm going to be following up and just hearing how you guys are doing, how your cats are doing. Amber, right? Amber. And Serena also has the same problem. So. Yeah, I remember you telling me about Serena. Okay. All right, absolutely will. What's that, Dorothy? Serena is a boy. Serena's a boy. Amber girl? Yes. Okay. All right, I'll keep in prayer, but I'll talk to you. I'll catch up with you soon. And um, to um, uh, the body of Christ, uh, those listening, God bless you guys. I hope this was a blessing to you. I hope it uh, uh, gave a little bit of um, of clarity and um and uh, you can continue to pray for me as I, I continue to pray for the body of Christ across the nation and especially the body of Christ in this country, uh, my true heart and burden where I'm called to serve. So God bless all you guys. Have a wonderful weekend. And for those of you listening afterwards, I hope you're having a wonderful week. And take care. We'll talk to you soon. Good night, Dorothy. Good night, David. Bye-bye.